We have two scripture passages today. The first scripture passage comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, and it can be found on page 15 in your pew Bibles. The second passage is from Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 23 through 35, which can be found on page 1,847. Genesis 11. Now the whole world had one language and common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to the sea to see the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. And from Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who, has, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Thank you, Ben. Boys and girls. We're going to have a, a um, children's sermon. You want to come forward? I think I see some candy up here, too. If I stay close enough, maybe I'll get some. <clears throat> Today, I'm going to need a lot of people, so don't be afraid to come up, boys and girls. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you. You guys are such a blessing when you sang this morning. Give me joy in my heart. Keep me burning. I love it. So good job. Good job. Well, today we're going to be learning about two words, focusing on two words. Serve together. Serve together. Can you say those words for me? Serve together. Good. Does anyone know what it means to serve together? Maybe help others that need help? Go ahead. Work together. Yes, exactly, as a team. Jackson. Help each other how to accomplish a big goal. Helping others to accomplish a big goal. You read my mind. You're exactly right, guys. And just being willing to help whoever needs help however you can. Well, good. Well, I can kind of get a little weird. So this morning I said, I want to show everyone in church today 
that they are loved by God. And I want everyone to hear this morning the words, God loves you. And I also want to give everyone a piece of candy, okay? So, you know what? I got someone special to help me this morning. His name's Carter Krull, okay? And he's going to help me because you know what? He's a lot younger than me. He's faster. He's smarter. He's a good one. So, Carter, come on up. So, what you're going to do is you're going to show everyone in the congregation that God loves them. And that, for you, you need to do is you got to tell everyone God loves you. And he has to do it with a smile. He can't do it. God loves you. It's got to be, God loves you, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you, uh, but you know what? I know you, he throws baseball pretty well. He's a pitcher. You can't throw the candy. Okay. And you can't run in church. Okay. And you only get 30 seconds. Oh, boy. Everybody. 30 seconds. And they have to know that, you, that God loves them Alrighty. with a smile. So you think he can do it, guys, gals? Yeah. yeah, I think so. He's good. He's smart. He's fast. He can do it. Okay? No, but no running. Exactly. No running. Okay. So do you have a plan in place? Yeah, I got a plan. Okay. Um, go around, tell people Jesus loves them, and give them a kiss with chocolate edition. Yes. Okay. And no running and throwing. No running or throwing. Okay. Okay, I got to get my timer out here. Okay, you ready for 30 seconds? Yeah. Okay, let me get it here quick. Okay, on your marks, set, go. Jesus loves you. With a smile, with a smile. Oh boy, this is great. Carter's doing it all for me. I can just sit here and not worry about a thing because Carter is really good. He's going to get it all done. I can just sit here and do nothing. Ha la 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 la. This is great. I hope he's doing a good job. He's got to get to everyone. So I, Carter, keep going hard because I just like sitting here doing nothing. Oh, it's 25 seconds. He's got five seconds left. Five seconds. Here he goes. Oh, boy. Oh, time's up. Time's up. Stop. Stop. Come back, Carter. So how did he do, boys and girls? Terrible. Terrible? What? I tried my best. Oh, Carter, I wanted everyone to hear that Jesus loves them and to get a piece of candy. Because you know what? I can't go home with all this candy for my husband. <laughs> I could. Okay, boys and girls, what are we going to do? Everyone needs to hear Jesus loves them. They need a piece of candy. So what are we going to do? <gasps> do it together. What were those two words you're supposed to remember? Serve together. Oh, you guys are good. So how are we going to... Everyone up here, can you help out? Yeah, yeah. No, no throwing. No throwing, though. No. So everyone up here can help out. So you know what I think we can do? Yes, I think we can have some go in this aisle, some in that aisle, some in that aisle, and that aisle, and we spread out and go to every pew. Okay? And then we'll I'll give you awesome candy to pass out to others. Okay? What's the, any questions? Do you get candy? But you know what? We're serving others right now, okay? Okay, so what we're going to do is I want some of you to go on the outside, some in the inside aisles, and I want everyone to get to a pew, okay? But before you go, I need to get, make sure you get your candy up here, okay? So everyone, come on out. Come help me, okay? There's some candy over here by Carter, too. Grab a bag. Grab a bag and go to a pew. Go to a pew, okay? 
Take a bag. Take a bag here. I've got plenty of bag. Okay, that's okay. We got some more bags over here, Candy. Okay, grab a, get by pew, everybody. Oh. Over here, I need some down here. I need some down here. Over here, Gail. Okay. Oh, boy. I don't have enough kids. I need, I need some junior higher kids, high school kids. Come on, help. Stand right by, a, stand right by someone in the pew, okay? Oh, you guys aren't supposed to hand them out yet. Because I was going to time you. Oh, that's okay. Hand them out and tell Jesus loves you. Get to everybody. Is there anybody who didn't get any candy? You didn't get the way back, man. I'll get them. Anybody else? Okay, come on up if you're done. Come on up. Put your bags up front here. Go ahead and sit down, everybody. Come sit back down when you're done, okay? Okay, sit back down, everybody. I think we got everyone. Come on up. We're not quite done, okay? You guys did not even need 30 seconds. 10 seconds was all you needed. You had it done before I could even turn around. Great. So, you ran out, good. So, did everyone get to hear the words, Jesus loves you, and get us some candy? Yes. You guys did a great job. Carter, you didn't do so well. But you know what? What was so fun about this, doing it together? What, everything? Like what? Like what? Kevin, was it fun? Yeah? Did you do it together? Yeah? Was it easier to, to do it together than instead of by Carter by himself? Yeah? And did everyone like it? Did, they, did it feel good to give, give things out? Did you think of others first before yourself? Yeah? You didn't keep candy for yourself, did you? No. And you know what? It wasn't so bad, was it? It was kind of easy to do it together, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it didn't take so bad. And you know what? You guys did it, and you did it full of love. And that's what Jesus wants us to do, is to serve others full of love. Can you say those words, serve together? Serve together. Good, good. And I just, you guys did a great job. So you know what? That's exactly what Jesus wants us to do. But you know what? How can you do it when you're, you're only five years old or 10 years old? How can you serve together? You work with people, and you just did it now, didn't you? You know what? You served together, and you showed the love of Jesus to others. And that was great, and you did it by singing this morning, too. You've already done a couple things by serving together and, and gave others Jesus' love. So you guys are off to a great start. So no matter your age, 
You can do it. We can serve together. Serving together, we do it better. Okay, so let's pray everybody, okay? Dear Jesus, I thank you for these boys and girls and their love of you, of their desire to tell you about others and um, that you love each one of us. Help us, Lord, to serve together and to serve better and to rely on others' help. Amen. Okay, sometimes when God does something, or when you do something for others, sometimes you get a better reward. So you know what? Instead of one piece of candy, you get two. Okay? So you can go back to your seats, but then um, Carter over here has some candy, so you can get two pieces if you don't have any in your hands anymore, okay? Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay, you can go back to your seats after you get your candy. It's a good time to eat your candy while they're getting organized. <clears throat> well, thank you, Sharon, for sharing. And, you know, you wanted them all to do it at the same time, but sometimes serving God is, gets kind of messy and chaotic. But it still works, still happens. Thank you. Well, you may be wondering why I chose Genesis 11 for our scripture today. Story of the Tower of Babel. How's that all fit in here? But it does. In the book of Genesis, over and over, God tells the human beings that he created, I want you to multiply and I want you to spread out over all the earth. I want you to go to the ends of the earth. I want you to develop civilization and to care for and develop the land. In the story of the Tower of Babel, these descendants of Noah, they decide they're not going to do that. They're not going to spread out. They're not going to migrate, but they're going to, they're going to settle down in this one spot and they're going to create a new religion by building this temple tower. That phrase in there says they're, they're going to make a name for themselves. Is we're going to bring glory to ourselves. And so when the Lord sees what they're doing, <clears throat> He sees the power of their teamwork. He recognizes the power of their unity. 
And he says, anything these people plan to do will not be impossible for them because they're unified. So he deconstructs their unity, he confuses their language, and he forces them to move out, to scatter over all the earth. Now obviously God wants human beings to be a team, to be unified together. But he wants us to be unified in a covenant relationship with him, to be uh, his people, to be fulfilling his will and his purposes. So when fallen sinners unify against him, as the people are in this story, there's the potential for great evil. So God does not object to their unity. He does not object to their teamwork. He objects to their motive and their goal in building a temple and city for their glory. There's a reverse analogy here for us as a church. When we are connected together as redeemed and reborn God's people, God wants us to be unified to fulfill his kingdom purposes on the earth. He wants to fulfill his purposes through us. And he calls us together to be a team. And that's what we want to talk about today. Sharon has introduced it beautifully. How do we together serve God in our generation? We serve God by serving other people. He gives us spiritual gifts, abilities, unique personalities, heart, passions, and experiences to serve Him together in a ministry and continuing the ministry of Jesus. We serve better together. We need each other. We get more done together. So what does it take to build a team? That's what we want to look at today. And we're going to use an acronym, T-E-A-M, in order to examine what the Bible says and what the Bible reveals about successful teamwork. First is the T that stands for trust. That stands for trust. Trust is the emotional glue that draws us closer to our friends, our family, and our fellow believers. Teamwork without trust is impossible. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. When we work together as a team, we share responsibilities together. And, and that requires trust. How do we find a trustworthy person? How do you and I become trustworthy persons as part of a team? To become trustworthy, you, you have to be consistent. There, there, there has to be some predictability in your life in order to work together with others. Jesus said in Luke 16, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. We build trust by being faithful 
and trustworthy in the little things. The things that not everybody else sees. Character is built not on the big, grandiose things that we do, but on the humble, small things. This past week, evangelist Billy Graham died at the age of 99. Billy Graham, obviously, was renowned throughout the world. And he is the face of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Billy Graham has done big things. But through that time, there was someone behind the scenes named Cliff Barrows. He was the music director. A important part of the Crusades was the music. And in the late 1940s, when Cliff Barrows was 21 years old, he and his girlfriend decided, let's go hear this young evangelist named Billy Graham. Billy Graham was only 23 years old. He was coming to their town to speak at an evening meeting, so they went. And when they got to this little crusade, they, they find out that the music director is sick. There's nobody there to lead the music. And so some of the people that knew Cliff Barrows knew he was a musician, so they volunteered him. It's a pretty uncomfortable situation, but he said, all right, I'll substitute, I'll do the job. He was faithful in a little thing. And after the service, Billy Graham put his arm around him and said, I'm not too choosy. Why don't you come and work with me? Why don't you do my music? And for the next 60 years, that's what they did. But what if Cliff Barrows had not been faithful in that little thing? What if he would have said, no, I'm not going to do that? Trust starts with consistency. Another way we gain trust is by being confidential. People will trust you only when you keep people's private and personal information confidential. Proverbs 11.13 says, A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Gossip is when we share information that we're neither part of the problem or part of the solution. And God says it's wrong. Social media makes the problem of gossip even worse. Gossip hurts people. It hurts organizations. It hurts the church. When we break confidences with others, we damage trust. You know that trust is something that has to be built. It's something that has to be developed, and that takes time. It takes a lot longer to build trust than it does to lose it. You can lose trust very quickly, in an instant, while building it may take months or even years. People who are trustworthy are those that God and others can count on to be there, to be consistent, and to be confidential. A second essential in teamwork is empathy. This is the E in team, empathy. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 3.8, Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, and humble. We cannot be like-minded 
without having sympathy and love and humility and compassion. To be a team that really works well together, we need to understand one another. We need to understand what's going on in each other's lives. It's more than just working on a project or doing a task together. A team has to be connected. And empathy does that. Empathy meets two of our greatest needs. We all have a need to be understood. We have a need to be understood. We want people to understand us and to know us. And we have a need to have our feelings validated. To have our emotions confirmed. That is empathy. And these principles are true in any relationship. You want to build a team with your small group or with other friends or with your family. Empathy has to be part of the structure. Now, one of the ways we build empathy is by asking questions. James 1.19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, when we're honest, most of us like to talk about ourselves. But we create empathy when we are able to ask people questions and invite them to share. Proverbs 20, verse 5, the interesting proverb, says this, The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. Draws them out. Underline that. A common question we often ask each other is, hey, how you doing? How's it going? It's more of a greeting than a question because we don't really expect an answer, or at least an honest one. But to draw people out, we need to ask specific questions to invite people to share. Tell me what's going on in your life. What's happening with you? What are some stressors? What are some good things that are happening in your life? Give people an opportunity to share, and they share a little bit. Follow up. Tell me more. Elaborate on that. Give people time to give you an answer before you rush into your agenda. Listen, learn, go slow. Another way we share or create empathy is to share emotions with each other. Romans 12:15 says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Empathy is hurting with someone who's hurting, to cry with others. To rejoice is to celebrate with them. And when we're honest, we don't like to do these things. We don't want to mourn with others because it hurts. It's painful. And we don't always like to rejoice with others because we're jealous. We're envious of what they're celebrating. To be empathic means to be unselfish. The only way to have this kind of love is to be filled with God. To be filled with and live in the love that God has for you. So building a team T is for trust, E is for empathy, and the A 
is for accommodate. Accommodate. Accommodation literally means to give someone a room. Like at a motel or give them a guest room at your house. To accommodate literally means to give someone space. When we apply that to relationships, it means to accommodate each other's differences. 2 Timothy 2.22, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Pursue peace with others. And to do that, I have to accommodate for the ways that we are different. Now we can do this in a number of ways. One is to accommodate each other's needs. We need each other to meet each other's needs. And the paradox is, if I only focus on my needs and what I want and what I want to get and no one else's, ultimately my needs will not be met. Why? Because we need each other. If I'm not willing to reach out to others, it's not going to come back to me. Romans 15.2 says, Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. So for teamwork to work, we need to ask each other, how can I build you up? Look for ways to build each other up. How can I help? In a team, we accommodate each other's ideas. Proverbs 18.15 says, The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. So teamwork involves non-judgmentally hearing the ideas and opinions of other people without putting them down, without criticizing them. Now let's be realistic. Some ideas are silly. <laughs> Some ideas are simply not workable. But we have to give room for new ideas because there are times we find new ways of looking at things that brings positive change. Then there's accommodating each other's personalities. We, we, God creates us with all different kinds of personalities. And, and one question to ask with your personality is how are you organized? How do you organize your life? Some of us are very structured. I want, I want things organized. I want things to be in place. I want to have a plan. And others, are, your personality is to be unstructured, to be spontaneous. You, you want to be flexible. You want to have all your options open. You don't like to commit to one. You want to keep them all there. Okay? Spouses, are you, you starting to see some of this with each other? You usually marry somebody that's opposite. And then you ask the question, how am I energized? What energizes me in my life? If I, am I a task-orientated person? I like to have something, a goal that I'm, I'm working on that gives me energy? Or are you people-orientated? Are you relationally-orientated? You're energized by interacting with people. To some degree, we can boil personality down to a combination of these dynamics. And of course, they're on a spectrum. This is not a wide, you know, polarized thing. You can be on a spectrum here, but when working together, 
these personalities emerge in a team. They come out and sometimes they clash. God created these different personalities for a reason. They have to work together. Now, I'm a task-orientated, structured personality. I like to focus on a task, and I like to have a structure around it. And when we have staff meetings, and just think in your mind of our staff, I, get, I sit down and, and I lead the staff. I say, okay, what, what, what do we need to do today? What, what's on the, I got a list. They got a, what's on the list? But it doesn't go that way. It, because they don't all want to just do a bunch of to-do lists. They want to process and they want to connect and relate and interact. And I've had to learn, both are important, and I've had to learn to put down my pen and close my calendar and put my to-do list aside and talk. Now we have to accommodate all those things. We also have to accommodate each other's faults. Ephesians 4.2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Bearing with one another means to have patience and to make allowance for other people. It doesn't take long when you start working in a group to find out what the faults are. There's no perfect person, so there's no perfect group. There's no perfect team. But a good team will compensate for each other's weaknesses and will encourage growth and will build up and develop together. And friends, the interesting thing here about accommodating with each other is it doesn't make the team weaker. But it can actually make it stronger when we're patient and give space for who each of us are. I ran across a quote after I'd already made the PowerPoint Quote from Phil Jackson, who said, The strength of a team is the individual. And the strength of the individual is the team. Think about that. A team needs trust. It needs empathy. It needs accommodation. And fourth and finally is M. It needs a mission. <clears throat> it needs a clear, defined mission. To be a team, there has to be a shared purpose, something you're working towards or something that brings you together. Teams don't just exist for themselves. They're doing something together, and in the church, what we want to do as a team is make a difference in our world for Jesus. We want to do what the kids did. We want to share the love of Christ. Philippians 2.2 says, Be of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Intent on one clear purpose. Otherwise, if there is no purpose, there is no direction, and, and then either the team is constantly at odds at itself because it has all different expectations, and it ultimately disintegrates. When there are competing agendas, and that, that's true in the church, people have different agendas for what they think the church is supposed to be, it won't work. 
It won't work. But once we have a purpose established and we understand what we're to do, what we're called to do, we're to stay focused on it and we're to maintain it because we can lose it. For example, how many of you know what the acronym YMCA stands for? This is an organization, stands for Young Men's Christian Association. And the counterpart, YWCA, is Young Women's Christian Association. It's the title of their organization. It was founded in June of 1944, or I'm 1844. 1844 by George Williams, started in London, and he had a, he had a mission. He had an aim. He wanted to take Christian principles and put them into practice. He had a motto of a healthy body, mind, and spirit. He wanted to bring together spirituality and, and thinking and physical, uh, physical development. He called it muscular Christianity. Over the course of time, this nonprofit, which just exploded around the globe, but it started as a Christian organization, it moved away from its Christian principles and moved away from its basis. The C, the Christian part of it in YMCA, is basically gone. And what we'd call this is mission drift. Mission drift. Like you take a stick and you throw it in a lake and it just drifts with wherever the currents go. And this is a danger in the church. Church leaders have a responsibility to know the mission and guard the mission and know the identity and guide the identity of the church. Jesus has made his purposes clear. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them everything I've taught you, and to love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Worship, ministry, mission, building community, and discipleship. Those, those things all bring glory to God. Philippians 2 says we must maintain our purpose. If we're not intentional, we will drift. And it happens to churches all the time. It happens to denominations. It applies to the macro. It applies to the micro. It happens to nations. No focus and maintain the mission. Hebrews 10 24 through 25, the other scripture been read. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, coming together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and the more as you see the day approaching. We need to stay together and encourage each other with why we exist. I've never been to Northern California, but I understand that there are giant redwood trees that grow there that are the largest living organism on the face of the planet. 
They can grow hundreds and hundreds of feet. In the picture there, that's just the trunk. You see the person standing there to the right. They become so big, you can cut a hole in them and drive a car through them. Most people know that redwood trees are enormous. But what most of us don't know is they have incredibly shallow roots. Most trees, like trees around here, the root system is as big as the tree. But that's not true with redwoods. They have almost no root structure. So what keeps them from falling over? The answer is redwoods always grow in groves. They grow close to each other. You'll never see a redwood out by itself growing. What they do is, although their roots are shallow, they intertwine. They intertwine with each other and they hold each other up. When storms and winds come, they're, they're, they're bracing each other. And friends, this is a beautiful picture of the church. What the church is supposed to be. Holding each other up through networks of relationships and small groups. Holding each other up through fellowship and community. All of us have storms in life. Some of you are in them right now. We face disasters. Relationally, emotionally, financially, in every other way. We need to be intertwined in smaller clusters because the big church, we, we can't relate to a big crowd like this. We have to be in smaller groups. That's how we stand strong together. It's how God created us. Let me close by coming back to the Tower of Babel. God sees humans have organizational skills. They organize into a team and they're building a temple. Again, because they're organized with a common mission, God says that nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Because their mission is evil, it's anti-God, he scatters them, he confuses their language, so it's harder for them to organize. But now, this side of the cross of Jesus, having been called together as a covenant people who are his family, who are his team, with people committed to his mission, God wants us united like this. He wants us bound together. Because when the church clearly understands its purpose and is focused upon it, when we are united and filled with the Holy Spirit and are seeking God's will for our particular ministry, we are unstoppable. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 16, And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Would you pray with me? Lord, we're reminded in different ways together today that we are meant to be together. We're meant to be a team, a family, an army, a building. And Father, we pray for these qualities at First Reformed Church, for trust, 
for a consistency and confidentiality that we're free to share with each other and can depend upon each other. We pray for empathy, where we will listen to one another and rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. We pray for a spirit of accommodation for our personalities and ideas and weaknesses. Give us wisdom that we can work these things together. And Lord, we pray about our mission, our biblically defined purpose to be a people who continue the ministry of Jesus Christ in the world today, who bring you glory through making disciples and loving with your love and sharing Jesus with others and and worshiping you and building a people that are the church. Lord, forgive us where we fail, but we pray that you would help us go forward and build on our strengths and continue our momentum. And Father, we pray for the Reformed Church as it is in crisis over what its mission is and how to do it. Lord, we, we just feel helpless and we surrender it to you and ask you to, to guide and to fulfill your will. So Father, and all these things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.